You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Um, I'm Courtney. If we haven't gotten to meet yet, I'm one of the pastors here, and it is my joy to be that. It, um, we we were just um, in this place of worship, and I was walking around and just crying because you're so beautiful, and you're so amazing, and I love you so much, and I'm so um, moved by the privilege of getting to back you as we move together as a family into honor and into the kingdom and into revival. Um, and I just want to honor the fact that we've We've made a lot of shifts in the past couple months, right? We have um, aligned with what Dad has been calling us to. Uh, when I say Dad, I mean God the Father, and what He has been calling us to in um, core values and shifting. And I am so proud of you. <laughs> you know, there's so many moments where we're like, "And we're turning the ship," and you're like, "Okay," you know, and we're like, "And we are now removing ourselves from this boat and getting into this boat," and you're like in the new boat, you know, and so good job. Good job moving together as family. Good job coming higher. Really, really proud and honored to, to serve. You know, a shepherd um, lays his life down for his sheep, and it's an honor to lay my life down for you. I see that you're worth it. Our verse today, we're talking about honor and long-term relationships, and I just want to open with this verse, Psalm 47.4. I think we have it for you? Yeah, let's do verse 3 first. Backing it up, there we go. He's the one who conquered the nations before us and placed them all under our feet. He marked out our inheritance ahead of time, putting us in the front of the line, honoring Jacob, the one he loves. Pause in his presence. (laughs) He puts us in the front of the line. Honoring Andy, the one he loves. Honoring Stephanie, the one he loves. Honoring Vanessa, the one he loves. This is our king. This is holy God who honors us. What? (laughs) Let it blow your mind. Most of you know that I went and studied at Bethel, their supernatural school, and I remember in first year, my friend and I were like, blow our minds, God. (laughs) Like, it was like our prayer. It's so easily blown. He's so amazing. (laughs) This this thing of honor, we we have been honored (laughs) by the only holy God. And so we can honor. We give from what we've received. We honor from our identity. We love, like we talked about last time, like I talked, uh, we uh, we talked about love, and we love from being the beloved. And now we honor because we are the honored ones by the Most High God. He stooped down to make us great. What a God, what a king. And so when we're having this conversation about honor, it always has to be connected to him, right? Everything in our lives is connected 
to relationship with Jesus and intimacy with Jesus, everything's overflow. So in all of this, we're never striving, right? We're never talking about behavior modification, as Andrew always communicates. We are talking about pursuing the kingdom, pursuing normalcy, design. You know, there's a difference between normal and common. What's normal is what God made and what God designed and his intent. It's kingdom. What's common is what we see a lot of, right? Right, currently see a lot of. What's surrounding us, what's in the world, that's common. We must never get those two confused. We fight to stay in line with normalcy and to not grow familiar or dulled by what is common. So today we're talking about long-term relationships and honor. And hmm, my heart is that we catch this today because I know that this is, um, I know we talked about love is this, the sustained uh, revival machine. <laughs> it's like the car, right, that moves, um, that moves revival and honors the highway. So these are very important principles, love and honor. This is how we sustain revival. This is the, when we get this, like it's like you have the structure to be able to host the presence. Um, and so this is why we lean in. Um, the structure of family, you know, family hosts revival. We've been teaching you this. And, and so can't have family without love and honor. This is why we're leaning in today to long-term relationships. Um, I, what I, had, I had a revelation um, a couple seasons ago that typically, when referring to common, typically what people do about relationships is it's very situational-based relationships. Like who you went to school with, who you, who you work with, who you maybe go to church with, or who sits next to you, or who you live by. Do you see what I mean? It's very situational. And then when that situation changes, you get a new job, you're done school, you don't see that person anymore you don't do relationship anymore. And that's just very common. But what's normal is powerful chosen relationships. Intentionality, commitment, covenant, choosing this person no matter the situation, no matter if we, you know, change jobs or move or whatever, we are in relationship together. It's a powerful choice. And that, and there's supernatural grace to be able to stay in relationship in longevity and in long term, despite the season change and changes, despite the growths or the ups or the downs or the opportunities for offense and lies to come in or familiarity, the powerful choice to stay present. That is supernatural. That only happens when you know you are honored by the Holy God. That only happens when you know you are loved by unconditional love himself, and you can give that to the person you're choosing. And so this is why we lean in today. Uh, we have a question for us. This is coming from Danny Silk's teaching on honor. At the end of your life, what do you want to be true about the way you love people in long-term relationships? Isn't that good? Just picture for a second. At the end of your life, what do you want to be true? I intend to live a very long time, so I'm trying to think. <laughs> okay. So thinking, you can think at the, the end of your life, or maybe you've passed, people are talking at your funeral or surrounding you. What do you want to be true? I intend to be surrounded by a host of people that I've invested in for decades that are oozing the kingdom because I've stayed face-to-face -face with them and love them no matter when they hurt or scared me. What does that look like for you? Do you intend to be surrounded by people who say, 
They were so faithful. They were loyal. They intentionally showed up time and time again. It happens by a choice and an alignment and a decision of lifestyle, and it happens by a million choices to stay. I'd encourage you to take this question to the Lord. Take it in your private time. We can get it back on the screen if anyone wants to jot it down. In, this is distracting, in um, relationship that you've been around someone for a minute, there's an opportunity for familiarity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the key against the familiarity is, is a dangerous because in familiarity, there's usually dishonor. It's like, oh, you're so used to that person. Oh, that's just the way so-and-so is, you know. And it can start to be like a toleration or uh, just a lack of value can start to sit in familiarity. I, I boundary familiarity. I don't see any good fruit from it. I see when there's that the authentic is knowing and valuing and treasuring. And that can come in time and like in a deeper and deeper way instead of familiarity. Thanks, you can take that slide down. But the key to the difference is honor. Do you see that? Like if you're knowing someone, you've known them for 10 years, you've seen them in their highs, you've seen them in their lows, you could just ride the train of familiarity or you can ride the train of intentional knowing, loving, valuing, seeing. And the difference of which train you're going to be on, it's really honor. It's someone can come to you, right, and communicate um, something that bothers them, and you can tell the difference if they have a core value of honor or not. Whether they're talking about something that bothered them about someone else or about you, you can tell in their language and in their tones and in their choices and how they phrase things if they carry honor, if they value honor. And it's the same when you're in a long-term relationship. You can tell the, the, the way someone perceives you if it's held, if you're held with honor in their eyes or not. And so as we're lovers of God, as we're representing Jesus on earth, people can tell, you know? And so, again, this is not a striving thing. We're not trying to muster up honor. We are honored by dad, <coughs> the Holy One, and we certainly can give this. There's language to long-term honor. Like I was just saying, you can tell and hear the difference, but there's intentional language that we say that lets people know that we honor them, that we cover them. And there's long-term relationship language. There's language that you're communicating this person, I intend to stay with you no matter what. And there's creative things we can do to show one I, one, I was trying to think of examples to, to bring, like, what does this look like? And Andy, Danielle, and I had a conversation um, a few months ago when I moved here, and we sat down. We're three of the six pastors here. We're the younger ones, not that you guys are old. <laughs> we're just a little younger, just a little. Um, but we were sitting down, and we said, because we all had the birthdays right in a row, three months in a row, so we just turned to 30, and the thir- three of us were sitting there, and we're like, all right, let's make a decision. If we choose to sow in and stay and, and pastor here at Acts 2 for five years, it's going to look a specific way. If we decide that we're going to stay and pastor here at Acts 2 for 50 plus years, it's going to look a specific way. 
Do you see the difference? And we, we thought about that. The cost is going to look different. We're going to invest different. We're going to sow different. We're going to have vision different. If we were here like, all right, we're here long term, maybe like, you know, until d- dad cues like five, six, ten years, it's going to be different. Then like we're sinking our heels in, we're here. We're not leaving. Fifty plus years, you get our strength, y'all are going to feel the difference. Right. That's right. And don't worry, we decided fifty plus years, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the kind of language, that's the kind of intentionality that we bring to our house, that we bring to our family, mm-hmm. that we bring to, I've been calling it tribe, community, ministry together. And it, it comes out in little things, right? Dave and Rachel, they always advocate for me about my husband. They're always like, he's coming, and we're going to be there, and it's going to be fun, and I can't wait to do this with your husband, and the four of us are going to do this and this and that. They have vision and language for, like, my next season. I was looking around the room today and thinking about the ones that have children, and I can't wait to see your children graduate, and then the ones that I know want to have children, I can't wait to celebrate with you and you're pregnant, and the ones that, you know, and I was just standing in the back thinking about all the dreams and the desires in your hearts and the prophetic word. I can't wait till Bobby raises the dead. I'm going to be right there next yeah. to him. Right, right. Yeah. Come on. Right? And that's the kind of long-term conversation where you know the person standing next to you isn't going anywhere. They're going to fight to see your destiny fulfilled right along with you. We're, we're designed for a long-term relationship. We're designed for family. This is where our destiny happens. This is a gift that we have to give and to steward and to cultivate. I'm so blessed. I have amazing women in my life that have stood with me so long, over a decade. Long-term committed relationships. Now we live in other countries and all around the world, and they consistently show up. One of my best friends, she shows up every day. We text every day. She's a revivalist in England. She's going to be with us in a couple weeks. She's amazing. But no matter our season change, no matter what's going on, leaning in, staying in, communicating. And there's fruit from it. You don't even know, but the fruit that you see in my life is from the people that I've run with for decades. Their strength, their covering, their investing. If there's an ease to it, because it's what's design, but there's a choice. And there's a cost. There's sacrifice. Sometimes it's sacrificing your own um, rights, quote unquote. <laughs> Overlooking an offense, covering, staying connected, even when someone looks like they are potentially going to hurt you. <laughs> we have this conversation with our staff. We're, we're very different gift mixes and similar in other ways. And I mean, I think recently I went to Andrew and Jocelyn and like, I'm not mad at you. I love you. I know you love me. I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> this is me leaning in. Help me understand. What are you saying? Because I am, I am freaking out by what I think you're saying. Oh, that's not what you're saying. Awesome. Okay, <laughs> good. Glad I didn't <laughs> run away. <laughs> Right? Glad I leaned in. I knew your heart for me. I knew we were good. I just didn't understand the words coming out of your mouth. (laughs) And how many times do we say that? Oh, 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 that's not who I thought they were, and so I'm out. But instead of like, I know who you are. Mm -hmm. I know we're good. Help me understand what is going on. 
Help me understand what you're saying. Help me understand what this looks like because I want to protect this connection. I want to protect what I've committed to and I'm showing up. Showing up is one of the most powerful things we can do and staying. Being there mentally, emotionally, not running away. An example of a long-term relationship that we are walking in this morning is our sweet Sarah and Matt are going back to Canada. This is their last grieve. Yes, we all grieve. This is their last Sunday with us for this season. I know I teared up this morning. And so, uh, very sad. But we're not like, okay, bye, this was great knowing you. Like, have a good life. You know, I like looked at them, grabbed them this morning, and I'm like, we're sending you to Canada. You're our missionaries to Canada. Like, you go bring revival, and we are with you, and we love you, and connect with us, communicate. And when are you coming back? Like, long-term relationship conversation. Like, we're staying present with you. Right now, does everyone extend your hand towards them? We just release fire and comfort and love. Just what we carry as a house, it's yours. You are us. We are tribe. We declare that Ottawa is going to experience revival because your sweet little feet are going on that ground. Can't help but have breakthrough. And we just say we're with you. We're not leaving you. You're not really leaving us. And we're staying in relationship, and we bless you, and we cover you. In Jesus' name. See, that's what it looks like. Dave and Rach, I already did a Dave and Rach, but I'll do another Dave and Rach. I was gone, um, in, you know, for the year that I was gone, and um, somehow they found out that I was struggle busting. I, was, I had been in a car accident, couldn't work, trying to do school, like, homegirl wasn't eating, <laughs> and so <laughs> somebody told them. And so they send me money. They sent me gifts. I'm like, how did they know? Did the Lord tell them? Found out the Lord and a friend told them. Um, but, but they, you know, that was long-term care. Was it, oh, out of sight, out of mind? You know, no, like, aware. I have, like, my, my friend Josie, I did first year with her. She always knows in the spirit when I'm not okay. I can't even tell her. She just knows. Like, I go to, like, tell her, and she's already, she, I already have a text from Josie. We have a text going, girl, I see this in the spirit, and I just want you to know that I'm covering you here and there. I'm like, well, thanks, Holy Spirit. But that didn't happen because, like, oh, Josie's so prophetic. That happened because I gave Josie access to me. That happened because I gave, you know, like, these, uh, Dave and Rachel access to me, and I stay in relationship, I stay in conversation, and I let people know me, right? Had another beautiful story like that with my friend Grace, whose mom passed. I think I told the women this story, and I had a dream, um, and I saw her mom in heaven, and I was watching, and she brought Grace over, and there was a picture frame of a baby and a little baby boy, and they were talking about it. And I woke up the next morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, I bet you Grace is pregnant with a baby boy. And she, I opened my phone, and she goes, we're pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. And now it's been a couple months, and she goes, it's a baby boy. And we're just crying. We're on FaceTime just crying. And she lives in Chicago, and we're like, Jesus is so good. And how sweet of Jesus. He chose to tell me to comfort my friend but he, he chose me because we're in covenant. We're in long-term relationship, right? He didn't just choose some randomer. <laughs> he, wants, he wants to invest in what we've been cultivating for almost a decade, right? He loves this. This is design. And that happened by choice. That happened by covenant language. We'll touch on that in a second. 
give you some examples. But some other ones just in our house. Anthony, he always tells me, I'll always have your back. Lisa Purdy is fighting for my healing. Many of you know, like I have been diagnosed with food allergies. Lisa Purdy believes for my healing more than I do. And that girl, she tenaciously grabs me. She's like, how is it this week? Have we had breakthrough? She's like calling people in other states, trying to get food mailed to me because it's been prayed over. I mean, that girl is going to get me healed, y'all. And so just lots of examples in our house. Um, constantly, it, it is ours. Let's go further in it. Let's be even more intentional. It looks like dreaming together, running together, pursuing Jesus together, practically doing life together. It looks like laying down our lives. He's the good shepherd. He laid his life down for his friends. What did it look like to lay your life down for your friends? I don't know about you, but I like it at the end of the day. Not when I'm like worn out spent, but when I'm poured out spent. I like that. I like when I get in bed and I'm like, Jesus, fill me back up. I like that he and I just got to leak all over the city and invest into people. And we talked about when we talk about love, like emotional bank accounts, relational bank accounts. I love getting to deposit honor in people. Honor says we see the gold in you, we see who you are, and we never get confused. We never get confused by your process. We never get confused by your past. We see who you are, and we speak to that. And we honor because we're honorable. Mm -hmm. Even when someone in front of us is not being honorable, Mm -hmm. we still honor. Because that's our inheritance. That's our identity. Doesn't matter what you do to us, we will still honor you. There's nothing that anyone can do that can turn us, make us turn our love off. There's nothing anyone can do that can make us break connection. And there's nothing anyone can do that can make us dishonor them. We always have a choice. And as people of God, we stay in alignment and agreement with Jesus. We always love. We always honor. We always manage our side of the relationship. Does that make sense? Practically, that looks like. Let's do some things. Um, So sometimes in relationships, needs change and seasons change. This is an opportunity to lean in. We see often people will break relationship when these things change. Sometimes, my hair is stuck. Thank you. Thanks, (laughs) Thanks, Fran. I needed that. Sometimes when... um, (laughs) <laughs> I just heard what he said. She needed that. I was talking about needs. <laughs> ah, you're funny. <sighs> so <laughs> when, <laughs> when we um, have a need or the need has changed, sometimes it's like, oh, you know, Jay and Roe, you no longer are meeting that need, so I'm going to go over here and get my need met. Versus like, oh, you don't have that to give in that season? That's okay. We're still doing relationship. I'm not in our relationship to see what you ca- I can get from you. Right? right? Like, that's not, that's common. That's not normal, you know? And so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's okay if you don't have capacity or bandwidth or, you know, you don't actually have that to give or whatever. Like, that's okay. I'm not in relationship with you for that. Like, I'm in relationship with you, period. Conversation over. I chose you. I'm really good at choosing. I've made a great decision. You guys are awesome, <laughs> you know? And so I'm staying in relationship with you. If I have this need that, you know, friend can't meet, that's okay. Jesus will meet it. He'll bring someone to my life. Like, dad's got needs, We are not need-driven people. We can powerfully communicate our needs, and it is okay if a friend has that to meet or not, or family has that to meet or not. But we don't do relationship based off of needs. And we also don't change because of seasons. How dysfunctional would that be? You know, like, 
oh, they know this season I'm single, so now I will only hang with single people. Oh, now I'm married by single friends. You know, like that's not honor. <laughs> that's not value. And so it's just, it can be common, right? We've seen it. We've experienced it. I want to validate where you have showed up well for long-term relationships and it has not been given back. I'm really sorry. And I want to call you higher, right? Despite what we've been treated, we've been treated better by Jesus, (laughs) best and perfect by Jesus. That's our baseline, not our life experiences. So we see that in, I'm going to go there. We see that in churches too. Like, oh, this church isn't meeting my needs for this season. Season and need. Like, oh, instead of, wait, did you say you were with us? Did you say we were family? I didn't leave my family when they didn't have what I needed. I meant blood. You know, you see what I mean? And, and that it's different. It's different than what, we, what is common. It's actual relationships not leaving because you got offended or leaving because, you know, they're going in a different direction or season or, you know, they don't have what you need. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And no dishonor to anyone who's done that. There's grace. But I'm create, calling us to a standard and a normalcy. And I'm just explaining things that maybe just need to be explained again or reminded or maybe were never said. That it's not about like, oh, you committed to this church, so you better stay. Like, no, it's not religion. It's like, oh, did you say yes to relationship? Did we say yes to family? Like the example I did with Andrew and Justin, it was so easy to be like, I've been traumatized by leadership before, and now you're scaring me, and you're saying creepy things, and I'm gone. And they didn't. I was just freaked out. (laughs) They they didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) Right? But that would have been easy. It would have been easy. But instead, lean in. What are you saying? Help me have understanding. We seek understanding. We seek connection. This is what we protect. Hmm. Despite our differences, despite the opportunities to be offended, we lean in. We remove the punisher. Do you guys know what that means? Like perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. And so when we remove the punisher, no one is in trouble. No one is, you know, going to get punished. No one's the bad guy because we don't do codependent relationships. You all know about the codependent triangle, right? There's victim, bad guy, and rescuer. And then everybody just switches places. It's really dysfunctional, you know? Like, (laughs) Danny Silky does this funny little talk about it. Like, you know, victim screams, victim scream. Ah! Rescuer comes. Do, 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 do. And he's like, bad guy and he's like I will kill the bad guy ha and bad guy's like ah I'm the victim and then they just all switch around (laughs) (laughs) it's super dysfunctional instead we choose nobody's the bad guy there's no punisher no one's gonna get punished nobody's in trouble like I was saying we're okay Mm -hmm. we're always okay because we have established connection. And now we can just clarify this little bit of ish that's just trying to confuse us. Yeah. What were you saying? What, what was your, in- because heart intent has been settled. That's the key. I haven't heard someone phrase it like that, but I, I really, in processing, I'm like, that's what I own that I can give to you. I carry this thing about heart intent being settled. That no matter what, I know Danielle's heart for me is good. You can't convince me otherwise, and her actions cannot convince me otherwise either. 
recently we just had a little tiny football thing and she's like, oh, I was like, oh, it's not a big deal, whatever. And she just was like, thank you for seeing my heart, but um, actually <laughs> that wasn't really in line with my heart. Let me like edit what I just said. And I was just so convinced of her heart, and she knew that. She could come to me and say, I know you see my heart, but I would actually like to edit what I said or did. Right? And like that's the kind of what I'm talking about with honor, that no matter what someone says or does, you know their heart for you is good, you know their heart for Jesus is good, and nothing's going to change that because you honor and you know identity and you know you, you guys are powerful, amazing people. If you've chosen someone to be in a relationship with, it was a good choice. Right? If you've chosen this house, it's a great choice. So don't let an opportunity for offense redefine. I've seen the difference in my friends' marriages and dating relationships when they are secure and settled that their heart for each other is good. They handle conflict so much different. There is always a level of peace. But when that heart intent is not settled, chaos always ensues. As soon as someone does a certain look or a certain thing, and, oh, maybe they don't love me, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, boom, 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 versus like, okay, let's figure that out. Does that make sense? And that's what I'm calling us to in our, in our interpersonal relationships, on the one-on-one, but as a family. It's settled. Everybody's heart for you in here is good. Just checking where we're at. There's this understanding of being able to, are you guys doing good? There's this understanding of being able to afford an offense. Because we've been loved perfectly, we have all of this supernatural grace and all this and honor in our bank account, we can afford an offense. Um... Uh, I think it's Chris, tells this story about, uh, it, it was some significant person in a town, like a mayor or something like that, and he walks into a drugstore. You guys heard me tell this story before? I think the women have. Um, walks into a drugstore, and like there was a situation with the door, you know, where like this guy who was looking rough, like maybe he was homeless or something, ended up accidentally kind of like slamming it in his face or didn't hold it open or something, some dishonor. And the clerk was like horrified, you know, like it's the mayor, you know, and he just got his you know, fate slammed on the door. And he was like, you know, I'm really, really sorry. And the mayor just looked at him and he goes, it's okay, I can afford it. Am I good? He saw in that moment, like, homeboy's struggling. Something going on there. He didn't have that to give. He was, he, you know, he was, he was hurting. I'm the mayor, I can afford a door slammed in my face. And that's like us. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We are royal ones. We are kings and queens on this earth. We are the beloved filled with honor from the most high God. We can afford an offense. We can afford a door slammed in our face. We can graciously see, oh man, they're just struggling. It's nothing personal. Does that make sense? And in relationship, like leaning in. I'm not telling you to not come friend. Of course, we'll we'll have that conversation too. But knowing that it is a glory to overlook an offense. <coughs> but it takes a secure one in your identity to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Just imagine with me what it would look like when we're all activated in this. Anyone gets around an Acts 2 person, they're going to be honored and loved well. Yes, they're going to be you know, prophesied over and healed. They're going to be treated with honor and respect no matter what offense they give. Man, that's the kingdom. That's revival. That's glory. That's undeniable. 
that's supernatural. We have a couple core values. Let's write one together. I think we have them. There we go. <laughs> core value. Okay, let's read it together. We honor the truth that God has chosen us as members of his eternal family by working to preserve and protect long-term relationships. And that's good. We talked about that when we talked about family, that you know, we were birthed into. The design of us was built into the, the intimacy between God the Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. And he designed us to be a family. That's why Jesus came to restore relationship. And so we're honoring Dad's design every time we stay in long-term and build and stay in long-term relationship. We're honoring his design. Does that make sense? And, and I love these words, pers preserve and protect. Those are like those intentionality of like showing up, doing the small things, and protecting your, your view of your friend, to protecting your view of the people you're in church with and doing family with. Okay, next core value. Let's do it together. People of honor commit to following Jesus' standard for faithfully loving people to the end of long-term relationships. It's good. Jesus, he loved his disciples to the end. He kissed Judas. Talk about overlooking an offense. Homeboy betrayed him, and he kissed him. He's filled with vision to finish well. Remember, there's nothing anyone can do that can make you dishonor them. There's nothing anyone can do that can make you turn your love off or break your side of commitment. Some of my long-term relationships, they went through different seasons. And one season where I'm like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I flew here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. You're still not here, I'm here, I'm here. For a year, two years, I turn around, hey, I'm really sorry about those two years. I kind of fell in a pit. It's okay. I didn't sign up t for you to, you know, always be perfect. And the kind of fruit that comes from leaning in and staying long, y'all, it is straight from heaven. Yep. Talk about love. Talk about trust. Talk about people knowing you well enough to have your back like nothing else comes, that's the kind of fruit that comes. Part, a couple of kinds that I want to touch on are multi-generational, intentional, <laughs> that's a lot of words, multi-generational, intentional, long-term relationships. <laughs> I crack myself up. <laughs> so multi-generational relationships are like spiritual parents. Right? I, I brought my spiritual parents in with us. That's a blessing. Spiritual children. Multi-generational. Another one of the designs of heaven is, yes, we want brothers and sisters, and that's so precious, but it's also mothers and fathers and sons and daughters, and that's also the difference between what's common and what's normal. Right? Well, common, we've got a lot of orphans in this generation. The generation before us, they, they called the fathers, fatherless generation. My generation, they called us the fatherless and motherless generation. 
I don't know what they call the next generation, but we'll call them the beloved and called in and seen and known and covered. Right? And it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. You can be a mama, you can be a papa. It just is a different kind of laying your life down to be your spiritual parent. It is just a different kind of going behind and pushing up and wanting to see them soar and fly higher than you. And for the son and daughter part, it takes tucking, being humble, and going in low. Again, there's that covenantal relationship, conversation. We need the Joshua generation. We need the younger generation with their swords. We need the Moses generation with his rod and his, his wisdom, his staff. This is the kind of conversation we actually bring to relationship. When I said yes to being on staff here, I told Andrew and Jocelyn, you have my sword. You have my strength. We will do great exploits together, but I need your, I need your covering. I need your rod, your staff. I'm going to tuck under. Even today, I'm like, I just want to be by you. Okay, yeah. now I'm better. And then I will go bring the message. <laughs> right? That's what it looks like. Another one is generation yet to come. Talk about long-term relationship. Talk about a generation you'll never see. That's how we live our lives as kingdom people. We sow, we build for a generation we'll never see. That's the kind of long-term we're talking about and legacy we're talking about. Recently, Andy and Danielle had baby, Juliet. And when I met her, I was like, Juliet, so excited. I'm going to be at every one of your birthdays. I'm going to be at every single significant thing. I can't wait to worship with you. I'm just like talking to this newborn baby, fresh, like an hour. I'm just like, I'm so excited for you. And I'm excited for her children and her children's children. That's my friend's child. And she will see the goodness of the Lord. And she will run in all her destiny. Because I'm in relationship with her parents. She gets all my strength. Right? This is the kind of covenant we're talking about. This is the kind of relationship and intentionality and vision. We move together. Andrew said it last week, we can't do it alone. Literally, destiny will not be fulfilled as an island. It's not design. Covenant relationships is a specific kind of long-term relationship. Long-term relationship has to do with commitment. Covenant is the highest form. So we don't make covenant necessarily with everyone, but the principles apply to the, the commitment. Does that make sense? So I, I threw up a few. I'm going to read us more details. So I, um, I got to study under Ann Callistran. She is the, one of the OG um, missionaries at, um, at Bethel, and she's amazing. She has you know, done missions in the Middle East and just all around. I mean, she's just fiery. My spiritual father mentored or um, studied under her as well. Um, so I, I studied under her my first year, and she taught us this thing about covenant relationships, and it is just amazing. So she taught us, hmm, seem to have lost one second, it's coming, um, and here we go, in Calistrian. And she just broke it down, and because we talk a lot about covenant relationships at Bethel, spiritual parents, and it's a, a view of commitment, or it's the highest form of commitment, and you make it with few, you see, you see covenants in the Bible, you know what I'm talking about, like um, David and Jonathan, they made covenant, 
right? And then uh, um, David blessed Jonathan's son even when Jonathan was gone from their covenant. And so it's this kind of relationship that we're talking about. So um, we will just quickly go over a few. Again, yes, we're speaking about covenant, but let's also understand that these are applying to long-term in general. These principles are honor and their kingdom, and we do them for all our long-term relationships. They just are going to look like um, higher in our covenant. Tracking? You understand? Not convinced. All right. (laughs) Longing to bless the other person. That's number one. So I'm just going to read it. So keeping each other in the forefront of your thinking. Paul said, I keep you in my heart. Philippians 1, 7. One of the greatest keys to covenant friendship is to anticipate each other's needs and wants. This involves looking for ways to surprise each other and overwhelm them with kindness and generosity. This result is a constant longing to bless the other person. Blessing the other person is always on your mind. Yeah? Jay did this for me the other day. My phone had been cracked for months. And he just leans over. I, was, I think I was about to preach. And he goes, I'm going to fix your phone. It's been bothering me for months. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, thanks, friend. And he, not only did he give me money to fix the phone, enough for the phone, like the screen to fix, but also for the covering and also for coffee while I waited. <laughs> right? What? Generous. Anticipating needs. Seeing. I had become at peace with my broken phone. (laughs) I had accepted that I had a broken phone and I was going to move on. And he was not okay with that. (laughs) That's a good friend. Okay, two, doing inconvenient and expensive things. In covenant friendships, you give the other person your strength. Iron sharpens iron is a verse that describes the strengthening effect of covenant friendship. Proverbs 27, 17. The strength equips you to endure hardship. Oh, that's so good. This strength is a mighty tool that enables you to do exploits that have not been done before. This strength enables you to walk in the fullness of your calling and do the things that have been stored up for this hour. This strength provides a constant source of courage to take risk, to give the other person your strength. You do inconvenient and expensive things for the person. Isn't that good? I mean, that's just honor, inconvenient and expensive things. And I love that, like intentionally lending your strength. Like I said with Dave and Rach and Andy and Danielle, they've looked at me several times. If you, if you run out of hope, if you run out of faith about your husband, we got you. We won't stop believing. Lisa Purdy with healing. Like hearing, e- this is why we tell each other our dreams and desires and destiny. So it's like Bobby starts thinking he's not going to raise the dead. Oh, we're going to remind him. <laughs> he's going to raise the dead. And we're going to do whatever it takes to help that happen. If we find out there's a Raising Dead conference, y'all know we're going to send him there. (laughs) Right? It's okay if it's expensive because we're going to do inconvenient and expensive things to further his destiny. Do you see? It's practical. Help add tools for increased anointing. Another key to covenant friendships is giving others access to your tools and your resources. You begin to share your prophetic words and pray these words for each other. You long to find ways to protect the other person. When there is a great opportunity for growth, you invite the other person and make a way for them to come. Sometimes you pay their way to a conference. There you go, Bobby. (laughs) You buy their kids' passports. You work hard to build protection into the life of the other person. You fight to see that they don't miss out on any good thing. Oh, is that good? Just imagine what you would live like if you were convinced that everybody close to you, everybody in your church, all of your leaders will fight to make sure you don't miss out on any good thing. 
talk about the faith, the risk, the tenacity. And that's the reality. I remember I was having a conversation with my mother when she was visiting and she was telling me about something and her relationships and I looked at her and I was like, I'm, I'm so confused by what you're saying. She's like, what do you mean you're confused? And it was just, she was feeling this negative thing in multiple of her relationships. And I was like, nobody in my life brings that to, my, to the table. Like I literally was confused. And I was like, come on Jesus. That's a sign that I'm around tribe. That's a sign I'm around people that have only good intention for me. Not only like passively good, like, oh, you're wonderful, Court. Like, I will fight and lean in to make sure your destiny's fulfilled and you get every good thing. Those are the people we're literally surrounded by. Okay, making of introductions. Is this helping? You guys understanding? Okay. Making of introductions. When people are in covenant, they share the, their favor or their measure of influence with each other. You use your favor to cause the other person to be well-received and respected. This involves making introductions for the other person. You see to it that the person meets the people he or she need to meet. Sometimes this means going to an extra meeting or a home group just to make that introduction successful. You make the time that often you do not have for the other person. You know, that saying, like, they're the people that, um, what is that saying? Like, they're people that talk to you in their spare time, but they're people who make time to talk to you. Be kind of person that makes time to talk to people. That's honor. It's honor that introduction in the sense of, like, how you introduce someone. Like, titles and introductions are very important. I, I, you know, of course, there's, you know, the way that we've had it experienced in religion, that's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to like when you're with your children and you're introducing someone, it's honor to say, this is my son, this is my daughter, and then say their name, right? It is, it's honor when Ro and I are meeting someone and I say, this is my good friend Ro, versus this Ro. Do you see the difference? It's like those practical way we introduce people, but it's also like there's talking about in here like actual introductions. Like here, you meet you, you meet you. That's honor. Okay, five, creating a bubble of protection. When there is covenant friendship, friends rehearse their dreams. I love that. One has permission to dream out loud. You spend time in coffee shops sharing the dreams of your heart. We take each other's dreams seriously and help each other take steps towards achieving dreams. You add your faith and your authority to each other's dreams. You provide safety or a place of refuge, equipping each other to risk and make important decisions. This creates a bubble of protection or safety for individuals to dream as if it's impossible to fail, because it is. As a result of this protection, you stop surviving and you begin living for this move of God. Covenant friends surround each other's dreams with words of faith, hope, and love. They help each other to dream bigger. They are careful to not speak words that would fall to the ground. You have family standing with you as you risk much. Isn't that good? Does it make you excited? Does it make you fearless? It makes me fearless. Papa Joe did this to me the other day, brag on him, in healing rooms. He came up to me and he goes, Diane and I pray for you. And this is how it goes. And he starts telling me. And by the end of him telling me, I'm like, I can do anything. <laughs> I was convinced. <laughs> I was convinced. You could not unconvince me that I am covered and loved well and backed and seen. And I will bring revival right now. 
because Papa Joe and Mama D are praying. Right? That's what that looks like. Treasure the time you have together, six. Because God has increased our travel, we don't have as much time together as we used to. The time together with friends in America is precious. We have lots of international students, that's cool. Value and look forward to the time you have with your covenant friends. One of the best things you can do is have coffee together. Don't be too busy to do the important things. I love that. I'm going to say that again. Don't be too busy to do the important things. Don't miss family group if you're in the Purdy's group. Don't miss it. Don't miss women's group if you've committed to it. Don't miss men's group. I'm not saying it in any religious way, right? You're hearing me. But if you've decided, show up. These are the important things. I lost my place. Uh, don't be too busy to do the important things. Value what is valuable. When I am with my covenant friends, my joy is full. This is such an important witness because the Lord says you will be known for the love you have for each other. Mm. Simple, consistent. Seven, look to extend kindness to family members and relatives. And this is the example about David and Jonathan. In, in Second Sam- Samuel 9, we see the kindness of David towards one of Jonathan's family members. Mm-hmm, what they said, um, <laughs> sat at the king's table and enjoyed the protection of the king. It was as if di- it was, um, lost my place. It was as if David, there we go, it was as if David longed to find a way to bless Jonathan even after his death. The covenant relationship extends blessings to the family members and relatives of your covenant friends. You create opportunities to show them kindness. You pursue them with tender mercy and generosity. Generosity is one of our core values. They become important to you. I was talking about with Juliet. Covenant talk. There is a language to covenant. Each of the following phrases describes the relationship of covenant friends. I hold you in mind. You are ever before me. I live in constant reality of the bond between us. All my authority I give to you. I swear to bless you. Where you are weak, I am strong. I will never leave or forsake you. Because I serve you, I am strong. I lend you my sword. As these words are spoken, others become aware of the covenant friendship and kindness and generosity between families. Your protection of each other's household becomes an obvious thing. There is an intense protecting of each other's reputation. This can be described as an everlasting loyalty where you covenant to see the best in each other. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to say that again. This can be described as an everlasting loyalty where you covenant to see the best in each other. We've been shifting in this as a team. Can you feel that? Can you feel the difference? And so now it's our opportunity to shift this as a house. All together, we covenant to see the best in each other, to have that everlasting loyalty, to protect each other's reputation. Exponential influence. In covenant friendships, you, you come to care about the things that are important to the other family. <laughs> Footballing, praise Jesus. I have been brought into the footballing. If you do not know, I do not sport. And all of them sport. And they love the footballing. And they all watch it. And I now watch footballing. <laughs> Theatering is important. That's what they, they're <laughs> they do theater with us. Lord help us football. Um, okay. And so, <laughs> where was I? 
I have no idea where I was. In covenant friendships, you come to care about the things that are important to the other family. <laughs> one of my friend's nephews had, um, uh, one of my friends had a nephew who was a missionary to England. We arranged to visit England after he left. We were able to water what he had planted there. Later, we brought a team of missionaries there. One of the team members became a long-term missionary there and had much fruit in the country. Due to the covenant friendship, God allowed us to influence the entire country of England. This began with caring about the interest of my friend's nephew. Right? Like, that's a revival. Right? That's like when we hear, like, oh, wow, like this is important to Andy. Like, the outreach, like, okay, maybe, you know, family and, and clown or whatever you were talking about doing. Maybe that's not your thing, but Andy is your thing. Christiana is your thing. <laughs> family is your thing. So we show up. That's what you're going after? Okay, I'm after it with you. The team did that, like, okay, Courtney, bar ministry is your thing. Coming with you. Going in the bars. David Hamilton, not my thing, but I'm with you, Court. <laughs> going in the bar. Right? Andy did too, bless him. <laughs> right? Okay, 10. Did we have 10? Yes. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. It is so important to have things to look forward to. In covenant friendships, you share and rejoice over your accomplishments. When this occurs, there's an infusion of faith and a place of protection. Having people around you who delight in your victories creates so much beauty in one's life. When heartache occurs, your covenant friends will hold your hand and remind you to laugh at the future. When you are vulnerable or overtired, they will buffer and protect you. Man, guys, that's my life. I've got boss people in this room and around the world that do that. I'm strong because of it. And I invite you to establish the same kind of lifestyle. You can confidently say that. And you can confidently give that to your children. And your children will confidently say that. And your children's children will confidently say that. Because we've established a normalcy. the kingdom will be established. This is how we establish the kingdom. Hmm. I'm going to read you one more thing. We'll close. This is from Danny Silks on um, honor. He calls it cultural effects. When we decide to live this way, this is what will happen. People are more willing and committed to work through conflicts and preserve connection because they see one, one another as brothers and sisters who are accountable to their father. Mm. Come on. Right? Mm -hmm. Spiritual, you want me to read that again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People, so this is what's going to happen. This is what it'll look like when we decide to live this way. Framework of family. People, um, people are more willing and committed to work through conflicts and preserve connection because they see each other as brothers and sisters who are accountable to the Father, right? It's one big family. Yeah. There we go, yeah. family. Two, it'll look like spiritual inheritance is passed successfully between spiritual parents and spiritual children mm -hmm. via giving and receiving. It will look like removing the punisher. So the root cause of wrong or hurtful behavior can actually be addressed and healed because people choose to speak the truth in love rather than punishing. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, right. that's what it'll look like. Roots will be removed. Connection will happen. Love will happen. It will also look like relational connections growing stronger through resolving conflict when punishment is off the table. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it will look like finishing well. 
people who hold themselves accountable to Jesus's standard of faithfulness, they, we access grace to honor. Mm. We access grace to honor that standard, and we don't give up on relationships. Lastly, people who care about passing a strong relational legacy onto the next relationship and uphold their covenants and bless a generation yet to be seen. This is what it'll look like. It will look like revival. <laughs> Sustained revival. I bless you. I bless you to know that you are known and that you are loved. Put your hand on the person next to you. That this person on your right and on your left, the person in front of you, behind you, your leaders, your spiritual parents in the house, your spiritual children in the house are for you. Heart, their hearts intent towards you is settled. We'll fight for you. We will honor you. We will cover you. We will buffer you when you're weak and tired. We'll create a bubble of protection where your dreams are celebrated, your victories are cherished and the prophetic words are pursued with the tenacity of heaven. I bless you to choose. I activate that thing inside you, your chooser. Your chooser to come up, to come forth, to forget what lies behind to forget what is common and come into normalcy, come into design, come into kingdom, come into family, coven, come into covenant, love and honor, where you will be valued like never before. You will be known like never before. Be loved like never before. Oh, this is the kind of safety your heart has longed for. <laughs> This is the kind of freedom you've dreamed is possible. It's on the other side of taking that risk to choose to be in long-term, committed, covenantal relationships. The framework of family that's the design of heaven. So I call you higher. I call you over that chicken line. I invite you to trust I bless you to receive this in return. It's not like when I travel and I'm concerned that when I say things like this, there might not be a boss person to actually do this in their life. I know you're surrounded by tribe. I know when you give this, you will receive it back. I know this is who we are and what we do because it's our inheritance our identity. So I bless you to take a risk to give this and be confident you will receive it in return.
I bless you and I shower you with his love and his presence. I declare breakthrough in your dreams. Breakthrough in your sleep. Breakthrough at work. Breakthrough in all of your relationships. That they would feel the overflow of this decision to be in family. That your blood would feel the effects of it. Your blood family would. That your coworkers would. Because you are strong. Because you have knit yourself in family. And you're full and you're alive and you're in destiny and you're happening. Yeah. <laughs> so I bless you with great joy and great freedom. In Jesus' name. We're going to have the ministry team come up. If you would like some more prayer, you're welcome to receive. I just bless you with courage, courage to risk. You are loved. I love you. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life. 